If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Voices of the Vic podcast with me, Mike Duffy. And today I am joined by Cameron Smart. Uh, we're here to talk to you about Watford's game against Plymouth on New Year's Day um, after a 1-1 draw against Stoke last time out. Uh, there's a podcast out, me and Ben chatted straight after the final whistle on um, on Friday night. So make sure you go and check that out. It's available on YouTube and on as a podcast, wherever you get your podcasts from. So make sure you go and check that out as well if you haven't already. But like I say, enough about the Stoke game. We're here to talk about Plymouth Argyle. Um, New Year's Day, away at Plymouth. It's been a while since we played at Plymouth, I think. If my memory serves me correct, I was at the last game. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, and it's actually in one of the slides further on in the show, that it was the FA Cup quarter-final and we won 1-0 and Plymouth absolutely battered us. Ben Foster had a cracking game and we scored a free kick. It was either Hamaboatza or Ashley Young. Uh, you'll have to excuse me because that was back in 2006. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's been a while since we've been down there anyway. Uh, but like I say, I'm joined by Cam today to talk about the game itself. Cam, how are you doing? Um, I say, have you had a good Christmas? I, I saw you on Boxing Day, so I, I obviously know. But for the for the viewers watching at home, have you had a good Christmas? Yeah, yeah, very, very nice Christmas. Just basking in a bit of time off uni. It's that time of year where you don't know what day it is whatsoever. Watford yeah. are playing on random days of the week. So, yeah, yeah left incredibly um, frustrated by, by Watford last night. But mm-hmm. other than that, yeah, very, very well. How about yourself? Yeah, same as you. We're in that period now where it's like you don't care what day it is. It's still normal to have a beer at like one o'clock in the afternoon sort of thing. I don't have one with me now because uh, I've got any power after this, I think. But, yeah, um, that, that crazy sort of time period. Uh, and I actually just found out today that I'm due back into work on Tuesday, but my boss has actually given us a day off. So we're uh, we're back in on Wednesday. So if I've got a hangover on New Year's Day, then uh, I get an extra day to recover from it. So happy days. Uh, as Cam said, we did play yesterday. So we are recording on Saturday, the 30th of December. And you'll be listening or watching this on, uh, on almost said Tuesday then, on Sunday, the 31st of December, New Year's Eve. Um, Cam, just a little bit about Stoke. I don't want to go on too much about the game last night because, like I say, there is a separate podcast about that. But you were at the game, wasn't you? Yeah. Um, just a, a general sort of summary of how you how you thought the game went. 
Well, look, I said to you that I think after Bristol City, the bare minimum we need is to bounce back with a performance, not necessarily a win, but a good performance. And I'd say we did just that. We should probably have been two or three nil up at half time. We uh, first 10 minutes, you know, we looked a bit on the ropes, but we blew them away after that and came out the same second off. And it was until the red card that obviously Stoke dominated the game, which you've that's what you'd expect when you're down to 10 men. Um, but we still look threatening. And what was nice to see was we didn't completely cave after the red card. We didn't, you know, the team of last season, they would have folded, wouldn't they? They wouldn't have held on for 40-odd minutes with 10 men. So nice to see a, a together performance, a lot of hard work. And we could, possibly should have, have nicked that game last night. Yeah, absolutely. And as I said on, on the podcast last night, I think especially after coming off the back of a, such a heavy defeat on Boxing Day, it was a real test of character. Was the run we've just been on a bit of a purple patch? And are we going back to sort of the old ways? Or was it literally a blip in the road? And hopefully yesterday proved that it was because, you know, we were down to 10 men. And as you say, we were still creating chances. But the problem we've got is... And one team that will have experienced this is, is Plymouth. And the fact is, we create so many half chances, but we, we're not clinical enough in, 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 the, in the final third. And Plymouth know all about that because when they come to Vicarage Road in August, we absolutely battered them and did everything but put the ball in the back of the net. And it's, it's frustrating. I mean, you know, let's talk about Plymouth now. Um, we've, we've got them on, on Monday. Um, we, we played them back in August and yeah, it's, uh, I, I, how are you, how are you feeling about the game itself, Cam? I mean, if you sort of look at their form a little bit, you, like the last 10, Plymouth's last 10 here, you've got how many? You've got three draws, four defeats and three wins. So no real consistency. Are you expecting a, 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 a stern test? Because, one thing I, I do want to point out is this here, and I apologise for those that are listening as a podcast, you won't get the, the, the visuals that you're getting if you get it on YouTube. I've just got a table up here of the top 10 home form in the championship. And Plymouth, although they're sort of down there, I think they're 17th in the table, they're actually sixth best home record in the league. They've picked up 23 points from 12 games. So, how how are you how are you expecting Plymouth to sort of set up and what are you expecting of them, Cal? Well, looking at those recent results, I think Ben Hamer's gonna have to keep waiting for his hundredth clean sheet because they score a heck of a lot of goals. And it's uh the main man for them is obviously Morgan Whitaker. He's one of the top scorers in the league. Yeah, they're, well they're right winger. Yeah. Really, really good striker of the ball. Um and I think we might have a bit of a left-back problem going into this because James Morris was fantastic last night, but he ran himself into the ground. He went down a few times with cramp. Mm-hmm. And we know Val doesn't like to take risks with fitness. We know Ken has a muscle strain. He might not be available. So Morgan Whitaker could get a lot of joy for them. If we keep him quiet, I'm fairly confident because he, he saved them a lot this season. Um, but... Yeah, it, it's a game where if we really want to show our playoff credentials, we should probably be going to Plymouth and at the very least putting in a very convincing performance. 
not necessarily winning again because you can draw at this stage and still be in touch. But I would very much like us to go there and you know create chances like we have been doing. Largely look quite solid and uh, hopefully, hopefully get three points. Yeah, and I, I think you you mentioned there obviously in terms of trying to get a um, get get a win that that would be an ideal because if we do want to get playoffs and if we are serious about it, then that that gap is sort of ever so slightly opening back up again, which isn't great. Um, I mean, last night wouldn't have helped, but it's it's important that we we go and and put up a good enough performance because one thing which i must say i mean in recent years especially you know i i look back at that game where we we um well that season sorry where we got promoted under cisco munoth and the away form that season was was horrific but if you actually look in the in the league now at the moment at the away table uh, I'm just trying to get it up. Apologies, ladies and gents. That's uh, having a bit of trouble here. But if you look at the away sort of form table at the moment, we're actually quite high up, and it's it's odd to think that from a from a Watford perspective. Um, we're 11th in the away form table, picking up 15 points. So you know that that's quite good, and I think we have got that to go off going to a Plymouth side who, like we've just seen. You know, bit inconsistent with their run of results. Like Cam said, score a lot of goals. We've got a habit of going a goal behind, albeit last night was the first time in a while that we haven't gone a goal behind. So I think it's very important how Val's actually going to set up um, against Plymouth because one man will be without is this man in the picture, Vacuum Bio. I mean, Cam, you were there. What what were your thoughts on the red card? Again, I don't want to touch too much on it because me and Ben spoke about it yesterday. But um, for me, it was a red card. Did the ref see what actually happened? I don't think so. He maybe went off the reaction of Luke McNally. But for me, it's a red card. Vacuum's had a bit of an idiotic moment there. But we'll be without Vacuum bio. So that would obviously point to... Ryovic being the man that leads the line on, on Saturday. What what would you go in terms of your your team your team selection on um, on Saturday on Monday? Sorry, because we uh, we obviously are in partnership with the Fan Hub app. So in terms of um, in terms of who I would choose, it would be. I'm trying to get the screen back up. I'm having an absolute nightmare today. So this is a this is going well so far. Here we go. So this is a team that I would choose. And again, for those that aren't able to watch on the audio, Ben Hamer in goal, I would expect it will be James Morris, Wesley Hoot, Ryan Porteous, Ryan Andrews, Livermore, Chapvadadze and Kayembe in that middle three. And then a front three of Martins, Espria and Ryovic leading the line. Now, as I say, that is what I, I expect to happen. Not necessarily what I would go with, Although I probably wouldn't change too much, but Cam, I believe you've got quite an interesting theory as to what you do in the striker department, but you've gone for the same prediction in terms of what you think it will be. Ben has also gone for the same prediction on screen and the one I've just mentioned. What would you do, Cam? Well, yeah, that is exactly what I expect to be put out. I think we all know it will um, inevitably be Ryovic up front, whether you like it or not. Mm -hmm. Now, 
what I would do, and this is going to be very controversial, but hear me out. We um we have a bit of a midfield problem at the minute in that we're trying to squeeze all our players in. We've got Chak Ratadzi's come in. He's been very impressive. I think Delhi Bashiru looks like he could bring a lot to our midfield. And um, obviously there's Kayembe and Kone who, who have been fantastic. What if we put Edo Kayembe up front and um, <laughs> just just listen uh, here? Because yeah, yeah. at times we've used them as a bit of a target man. We sort of pushed him up, made him occupy the defender and uh, hoofed the ball to him. And he, he brings it down well. He, he sort of puts himself about. He can strike a ball like like as good as anyone, really. He's he's a brilliant striker of the ball. And his goal against Rotherham, I don't know if you remember, brilliant centre-forward play. He, he found a bit of space in the box. He sort of shielded his man. And he, he swivelled on the ball and he, he shot and it went in. I think we could do a lot worse than, than putting Edo up front. Obviously, never in a million years is that going to happen. But... Um, it, I don't think it would be the, the worst idea in the world. Well, I mean, I've been on this podcast for almost four years now and I've heard and, and given some mad takes myself, but that's up there. Edo Kayembe as a striker, I mean, I, at this point, I, I feel a little bit sorry for Ryovic. You know, the fact that Cam would rather go with Edo Kayembe than Ryovic, who's our top goal scorer with eight goals. Uh, Reese Healy, we know, is injured, although I'm not sure if they've said he's definitely out for the Plymouth game, uh, but I would imagine that would be the case. Um, we are quite light in the striker department when you think of it. I know Val likes to have sort of a tight-knit squad. You know, that uh, T- Toby Adeyemu, nowhere to be seen this season. Again, I believe he's injured. He had that brilliant moment against Blackpool last season and perhaps looked like someone that maybe was was fortunate in that game to to score a goal and it was a great time and everything else but maybe not quite cut out for the this this level of football just yet so he's one that's not in the conversation so yeah Edo Kambe maybe as you say Cam he can strike a ball and you know hold up play is is good and ultimately Cam that's what we're after isn't it you know the 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 main groan about Ryovic up top on his own is he doesn't press the ball and he doesn't hold the ball up and he doesn't win anything in the air either. He's six foot. Well, he, he's, he looks really gangly and lanky and, and really tall. So someone that should be able to win aerial jewels, but it just doesn't, does he come? And that's what you get. You get a different dimension from vacuum bio. You get someone that presses, someone that's aggressive in their forward play. Yes. He's finishing his lot leaves a lot to be desired, but it's, uh, it's it's evident, isn't it, Cam, when when Ryovic starts from the off and plays a full game compared to Bio, because you know, perhaps what Ryovic makes up for in the six yard box, you know, Vacuum Bio makes up a lot more in other areas, doesn't it? <clears throat> yeah, look, it was um it's as you say, pretty evident when, when Bio is playing, you notice him a lot more. He sort of buzzes about, he's got energy. There were a few times against Stoke where Bio was making a run in behind and we were just inches away from finding him. Now, people say Ryovic doesn't get service. Now, Bio sort of, he does get service because um, he makes much better runs. He's a lot easier to find. He makes more of a nuisance of himself. So he is going to get more chances than Ryovic. I don't think 
Rajovic not getting service is because the team can't find him. It's because he can't get himself involved like Bio can. And yeah, I was um, obviously up until the red card, I was really impressed with Bio as I have been in his previous two starts away at Preston and Blackburn. I think he's really, um, he's putting himself about, he's making the right runs. And I think he's unlucky not to have, have had a couple of chances last night. So, yeah, I, I definitely, I'm I'm very happy with Bio leading the line, but obviously we'll have to fill those boots for the next three games. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And, and do, you, do you expect maybe, uh, I mean, we'll maybe talk about this in, in a bit more depth in a little bit, but do you expect the striker to be on the radar for... Uh, for the January transfer window because, well, would you have expected it before Bio's suspension, but now even more so that Bio is suspended and will miss three games? I'll be honest, I don't think we'll be signing a striker. I am, um, as you said, Val likes a, a tight-knit squad. He's uh, he's already got three strikers. We struggle to fit them all on the bench as it is. So, yeah, I don't think we'll be going into the market and getting one I'd, as much as I'd love us to. Um, unless we do move on Reese Healy, but mm. I think the solution for now is either you know make do with Rajevic or get <laughs> get Edo up front, um, yeah. or we've got other players who you know Tom Ince has played games up front in his career, and um, I, although yeah. I don't expect that to be the case for us, uh, Mateus Martins could be a handy option up there if we get Ken back in the team, but. We've also got Shaq Ford out on loan who could be recalled for a bit, maybe used as long as we need him and then sent straight back out. So, yeah, there are options. I don't think we'll sign a striker. I think we'll uh, our priority will go into a pair of fullbacks and possibly a, a midfielder. And uh, yes. obviously well, there'll, be, there'll be outgoings too, won't there? Yeah, we can talk about more specifics shortly. You mentioned Shaq Ford there. He's currently on five goals in 19 games for uh, for Leighton Orient. So, you know, he's he's finding the net. We we did wonder whether he'd maybe struggle with the step up to League One with Leighton Orient, but he's, he's finding his feet. Five goals and assist. So, who knows? And obviously, he had that good load spell at York. Nine goals in 20 appearances for them in the conference. Um... So yeah, in in terms of you know going back to back to the Plymouth game itself, um, I, the the head to heads don't look amazing for Watford. I, I'll just I'll just read a read a few of them out. Uh, now I know I mentioned a minute ago that it's been a while since we played Plymouth, so you can see here we obviously played them on the twelfth of August. That was a, a nil nil draw. Um, it was quite a battering of a nil-nil draw. And then you have to go back to 2010. So I was way out, actually. Um, I think that one that I'm referring to is that one nil that you can see further down the screen in 2007 because it was that season. Um, one nil to Watford um, in 2010 and 2009. And then Plymouth um, were victorious in 2008 and 2009. Uh, a 1-1 one -one draw, 2008. 2007, two one-nil wins, one for Plymouth, one for Watford. 2005, both one-one and three-three. So a lot of draws in there as well. Um, in terms of score prediction, Cam, 
what would you be going for? Are you are you thinking that home record that Plymouth have got is uh, is going to come to fruition? Are you a little bit worried, or are you thinking, well, no, hang on a minute, we're playing Plymouth Argyle, who are currently sat 18th in the Championship on 28 points and only seven points clear of the relegation zone. Or how how are you sort of maybe looking at this one going to to Plymouth and and how do you expect us to to set up? How, how do we need to set up? Well, we need to protect the fullbacks first and foremost. That's where all the all the threats coming from against us. Obviously, the Stoke goal came from the right hand side. Uh, Delhi Bashiru sort of lost his man again, mm. but. Yeah, it, it's the it's our left hand side. I'm more worried about this time with Whitaker, as I mentioned. So we need to protect whoever's playing left back, be it Morris or Semmer or whoever's playing there. They need protection. We need to double up on Whitaker. I I think we can go there and win. Um, I'm really encouraged by what we saw on Friday night. I think mm-hmm. obviously we had a win in us there if Bio didn't get sent off. Um, but I'm also aware that the squad is very depleted at the minute and uh, there'll be a lot of tired legs from the schedule. Mm-hmm. So with that said, I think we can go there and get a two-all draw. I'd, I wouldn't be shocked if we go and win, but I, I think two-all draw. And I think that will be a decent result to, uh, to take into a, a long run of away fixtures coming up. Yeah, I was going to say, obviously, we, we drew on Friday night. So, do you think there's a little bit from the, the fans and obviously the squad, maybe a draw won't be good enough? Or do we need to be realistic at the same time? Because, yeah, it's great that we're on this run and we're, we're really starting to, to click and see better performances. But do we need to maybe step back and think, well, hang on a minute, you know, this is a rebuild season. We can't, you know, get carried away. With that draw taking place on Friday, is a draw going to be a good enough result on, on Monday? Or, Well, the thing with the championship right now is within our next two games, we could, I don't know, draw against Plymouth and lose to QPR and we'll be completely out of touch with the playoffs. But then two yeah. games later, we might go and beat Bristol City and whoever we've got after that. Yeah. And um, we'll be yeah. right back in there. So. Yeah. You can afford to drop points. I'm much more uh, worried about performances, to be honest. So I think if we're playing well, we've got something to build on. We we can see, you know, consistent patterns like we have been for the past few months. So, yeah, I I don't think it, it's a must win. I don't think losing is uh, the the worst thing in the world. I I just want to go there, see us perform, and um, yeah, that that will absolutely do me. Yeah, so you're going for a two-two draw, uh, although you won't be surprised if we win. Uh, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with a two-one to Watford. I think it's going to be a tight affair. Plymouth, good at home. We seem to have sort of sorted ourselves out away from home, and I think if we put the performance in, and I don't want to sound like I'm underestimating Plymouth here, but they're down there for a reason and they're very inconsistent. And we saw that with Blackburn. Blackburn had over one loss, one loss. There was no pattern. And Blackburn made it tough for us, don't get me wrong. And, you know, we really had to dig deep to get the, the, the three points in the end. Uh, I, I don't think there'll be any more of this going behind and then coming back. I, I just can't deal with it. I really can't. So 
I'm going to go with a two-one win for uh, for Watford. It's um, it's going to be a tight game. The thing that worries me is how Ryovic is going to play because he he's quite obviously going to be the man to to start the game and he just doesn't doesn't press as we say and you know I mean he had a chance last night where he should have scored to be honest he, he, I know it wasn't in his office of the six yard box it was what it was probably twelve yards out maybe a little bit more but he should have scored for me um, if that is his office then he, he should be putting it in the back of the net but one thing's for certain Cam. We won't be seeing, or hopefully, won't be seeing a shocking refereeing performance like we did last night. None of this only refed three games in the championship in his career nonsense. Um, it's interesting to point out that Scott Oldham's actually down to referee Wrexham on Monday in League Two. So it'll be interesting to see if A, he stays on that game, and B, who his game is after that, and when his next championship game may be, if he has one. Uh, I noticed a comment to... I don't know whether it was one of our guys or whether it was to you, but um, Andre Mariner was actually there at the game last night watching him. So what has been fed back, I don't know, because he, it wasn't as if he was just crap for us. He just completely lost lost all control of the game. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see when his next championship performance is. Uh, the man in the middle, though, on Monday is someone that we know very well. The man in picture for you guys listening on podcasts is the man brandishing a red card to Gabe Osho in that 4-0 emphatic win at home to Luton. It's Bobby Madley from Wakefield. Uh, he's officiated Watford 14 times, Watford winning five of those, drawing six, and uh, drawing one, sorry, and losing eight of them. Uh, and yeah, that doesn't sound great, but could be worse. He's officiated Plymouth seven times, and they've only won one of them, losing the remaining six games. So, yeah, I mean, I try not to look too much into the stats of the referees. But, um, yeah, Plymouth fans will probably not want to see him. But, Cam, I, I know this isn't a referees podcast, but for me, and I'm not just saying it because we won 4-0, but he actually had a good game against Luton. And it, you just want to see someone take control of the game. If he gets decisions wrong... Yeah, it's annoying, but to lose co complete co composure like Scott Oldham did last night, it just ruins the game and it, it doesn't make it enjoyable and you're sort of on the edge of your seat, a foul goes in and you might think, oh, that was a bit of a nasty one. But when when a, when a ref's lost complete control like Scott did last night, then you do worry, oh, is he going to do something stupid? Is he going to brandish a red card? Is he going to not book him? Is he... You know, it, it does worry you. But for me, Bobby Madley, perfect referee, controls the game really well. And uh, and I'm, I'm happy with that appointment. Yeah, you see it a lot, though, with these inexperienced refs that come in and they're refing at a higher level uh, than they used to. They just, they don't have any control of it. And they start becoming really inconsistent. They start missing a, a load of stuff. We saw it with... Uh, with Sam Allison, didn't we? He uh, we had him at Leicester away, and yeah, he he didn't seem to have too much control of that. How he's gone on to the Prem, I, I I'm not entirely sure, but um, yeah, it's I'm more encouraged by having Bobby Madley, who's obviously got Premier League experience. He he shouldn't be losing control of of a game like this. I, I wouldn't have thought so. Fingers crossed, he's not as bad as as Mr. Oldham. No, well, Bobby Madley's, uh, I don't know if he's still got the status, but he certainly was. He's a, he's a FIFA referee, so 
You know, he gets quite high-profile games. He's obviously had that incident a few years back, which sort of lost him his job in, in English football, went over to Norway, I think it was, to referee. And uh, he's making his comeback and getting through the leagues again. So he's a, he's a very experienced official. So uh, hopefully none of this nonsense that we saw last night. And uh, yeah, um, I, I, I don't like to slag off referees because I've refereed before. I did it for, for many years and I did it at, you know, park football and then, you know, a, a higher sort of, a higher level than park football. So, you know, I understand the struggles and, and, and whatnot that the referees have to go through. But uh, yeah, that last night just really, really ground my gears. And yeah, hopefully we won't be seeing him for a long time. Same as that Sam Allison, eh? Um, in terms of, we obviously usually have a opposition podcast on and we talk about the game, who to look out for. Cam, you've mentioned Morgan Whitaker. Um, we, we obviously don't know areas to exploit, unfortunately, because we don't have a Plymouth uh, fan on and where they can hurt us. I think Cam's rightly pointed out, it's the fullback area. Um, James Morris, I thought, had an absolutely superb game last night. I was really impressed with him. So hopefully he can take that form into Monday. Um, hopefully his legs are sort of um, back up to, to full fitness. His first start since September, his first game since September. So uh, to have a first game since September and then have to play on a Friday and a Monday, potentially 90 minutes in both, it's uh, it's got to be tough on his uh, his old legs. So, yeah, hopefully he emulates that and um, and puts in another solid performance because he'll need to be on his A game. In terms of playing for both, I actually tried to use a website that we use to get players that play for both. And annoyingly, Plymouth Argyle aren't on the list. Uh, I tried to Google it, couldn't find any. But Cam, you says you've got one, and uh, and Joe is uh, is chatting away in our in our group chat, and he's come up with three more, and, and two of them. I'm like, I'm a bit annoyed I didn't get them myself. To be honest, was one of those yours, Cam? Who, who have you got? Well, no, I actually I thought of a second, and then Joe went and said both of the ones I got. So you might think that I've cheated or something. No, um, I immediately thought of Dan Gosling. Yes, and another player who's uh, spent time at right back for us, despite not being a right back, Craig Cathcart. Yeah, I don't know why I knew Craig Cathcart. I, did he have a loan spell there? Or he did indeed. Yeah, yeah, he had a loan spell from Manchester United, and Dan Gosling was playing in that game that I went to, uh, the FA Cup game, I think, uh, or the 2010 one. I'm really getting mixed up between these two games, but. Yeah, Dan Gosling and Craig Kafka. And then um, one for the older fan is uh, is Cole Fletcher. Um, very, very brief period at Watford, if I remember correctly. And uh, yeah, he played for Plymouth as well. So there's three. Uh, we've, that game sort of... I don't know how it's going to work coming second time round because we can't ask them because we would have already asked them before. So, But I know there are a few fans that we didn't get on before for the first game round, because we're obviously coming to the reverse fixtures now that, that didn't get a chance. So maybe we'll ask them and maybe we'll try and fill as many teams as we can that we didn't get first time round and, and see who's uh see who sits top of the table. So yeah, we're a fun little game. We're always trying to look for uh, for fun little things like that um, go, going forward. Um, in terms of just the, um, the, the January transfer window, can me and Ben spoke about it a bit last night. We sort of agreed that I think three sort of additions 
is is what we'd expect and I think would be ex acceptable. I think we both said right back, a central midfielder and a striker. Um, firstly, are those three positions that you I know you mentioned about the striker? Are those positions what you'd expect as well? And secondly, any more from from yourself? Is there anywhere else you'd look to to recruit in January? Well, I don't. What I want and what I think we'll go for are two very different things. Yeah, I would absolutely love it if we go out there and we get a striker, a um, defensive midfielder, and a right back. I think we'll be in for a right back. I think we could possibly be in for another midfielder. Um, I don't think we'll be in for a striker. I think possibly a, a left back will be on the agenda, mm -hmm. uh, depending on Lewis's injury. And there's also they've they've said they want a left-footed centre back as as backup for Wes Hoot because he's having to play every minute of every game. So yeah, I think that's what what we'll be going for rather than the, the striker that we all want. Yeah. Uh, it's very interesting you said that you say a left back, because I mentioned the left back last night and Ben very made a very good point saying that, uh, that we have got sort of options at left back. We've got Ken that can play there and Lewis hopefully will be back soon as well. So three people that can play in left back, but I suppose it all depends on if Lewis's um, injury isn't as, you know, they'll be back soon enough hopefully and a left-sided centre-back as well yeah you know we've struggled for one of them for a long time so if we can get someone in to to help ease the pressure definitely uh, I did ask for some questions and we only got one we used to get so many in lockdown and some of them were absolutely brilliant uh, and the questions actually come from Ben now sticking with the transfer window he said if you could realistically sign one player from another championship club who would it be and why uh, now I've got one, uh, and yeah, I've I've got one. Who I'll, I'll ask for yours first, Cam. Who would yours be, and why would you pick them? I'm wondering if we've got the same one here. So am I, and now you've said that, I think we might. But go on. Is it Ben Whiteman? No, no, no. Okay, well, no, no. I I really like Ben Whiteman. I think he's he's a proper. Well, we linked with him before, weren't we? Yeah, yeah, he's an all-round defensive midfielder, great defender, great with the ball. Um, exactly what we need sat in there. He's not having the best season at Preston, but uh, I think Preston on the whole are having a, a bit of a rough time. So, yeah, I, I'm just wondering how much would it take to, uh, to get him from them? Because he's obviously been a big player for them. They might want a few million. So, mm. yeah, that would be my pick. Yeah, Ben Whiteman, like I say, we were linked with him before and you you never know how true these rumours are, but by the sounds of it, from some people it was very close and then from other people it wasn't. So we were linked with him when he moved from Doncaster. It was Doncaster, wasn't it? He came yeah, yeah. From, from, from Doncaster to Preston, we were linked with that and then we were linked when he was at Preston to Watford. So, yeah, mine, and listen, I'm not slugging off the job that he's done because he's done a very good job there and he's vastly becoming a fan favourite and he gets chanted about most games. But for me, it's got to be Victor Johansson from Rotherham. I think he would be a perfect sort of replacement for Dan Backman, if you like. And like I say, I'm not slagging off the job that Hamer's done, but it's quite evident that Hamer 
isn't someone really that we can maybe rely on. I, again, I don't know if I'm being a bit too harsh because in, in previous games he has saved us, but over the course of a 46-game season, if he was to play week in, week out, you know, he hasn't had... He's had one clean sheet so far, hasn't he, this season? So, yeah. you know, you, there are flaws in his game and that's not to say he's not had a, a, a brilliant spell so far because he has, but I think Victor Johansson would be perfect for us the way that we play. Um, granted, when he came to Vicarage Road, if he was being watched by people in the stand, conceding five goals isn't ideal, but listen, it's not always the keeper's fault. But for me, it would be Victor Johansson. Um, annoyingly, I've as I'm just about to stop this segment, I, I've just had a notification on WhatsApp to say that he that uh, we have a question from our old man. Um, so he's yeah, he's got a question uh, which I'll wait for to, to come through. I was just add about um, Johansson. Yeah. I, I completely agree about Ben Hamer over forty six games. Can you really rely on him? We've seen that he's um, he's really, really composed with the ball, much more so than Backman. But it, he's letting some goals that you, you'd probably want your keeper to save. Not to say he hasn't made some brilliant saves as well, but I do agree we need another goalkeeper, one that's a bit younger. I, I really like Victor Johansson. Another name I could throw at you is Lee Nichols from Huddersfield because... Um, they don't look like they're sort of going anywhere. So mm. could we get Lee Nichols away from them for a, a cut fee? Who knows? But I yeah. think that, I think goalkeeper is something we need to address. Yeah, and it's interesting. I mentioned this to Ben last night. Uh, we've obviously changed technical director, Gianluca Nani's back. And I think Luan's found a snippet of a an interview that Nani had done with uh, Italian media saying that we're actually going to be looking in the English market in January. So it's going to be really interesting to see, A, if that's true, and B, who we're going to bring in. Because, yeah, the, the English market we've seen over the past seasons can be very, very, you know, good to pick up players that know the league and can help you over the line. A bit like, you know, a Liverpool-style signing. Maybe not the first name you'd go for, but he's proved his worth so far. Uh, Sebastian Passong in the past, Matthew Connolly, uh, Ben Watson, Dan Gosling, those sort of players that know the league coming in, know what we need to do, know how to see out a championship game, know how to pull their socks up and really get stuck in. And uh, hopefully we, uh, we we can replicate that. Um, <laughs> the question we've had isn't quite, it's just come through as we're recording. And I don't sure think he meant that for the pod. Oh right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to read. <laughs> I was going to read that out as well. Uh, it was about Luton Town and uh, and the players they've got. So we'll we'll not. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll not cover that one on the pods. I when he said I've got a question, <laughs> I thought he meant for the podcast. I thought, oh, that's convenient timing. But uh, yeah, uh, Cam told him to hurry as well. I was like, why? I was like, because we're recording and Cam's speaking now. So if you get it in quick enough, I'll I'll ask it and it'll be. It'll seem all professional and times perfectly, but no, uh, not to be, not to be. The We've case. made ourselves look look idiots here. Yeah, well, it, I've been doing this for four years, Cam. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, we're not going. Will you be watching the game, Cam? Um, actually, yeah, I think I will be. Yeah, I, I forget what day it is. Uh, as I said before, that's Monday, isn't it? So yeah, I should be watching it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm. I'll be watching it 
whether I'm massively hungover or hopefully all right. Uh, I'll be watching on, on Monday and uh, hopefully watching us pick up three points. I'm gutted I'm not going. Cam's gutted I'm not going because he would have got yeah. lift as well. But I've I've tried selling it to uh, to to the missus, but uh, it's having none of it because it's actually our anniversary tomorrow, two years together. So uh, I don't think taking her off to Plymouth was uh, was ever in question, to be honest. Um, Joe tried, to be fair, he said, sent me a few nice pictures of the Plymouth beach in the summer's day and said, send these to her and say, look, beach holiday, anniversary, two years. But uh, yeah, fell on deaf ears. So maybe next season, who knows? But um, we're not sure in terms of how it's going to work. We've uh, recording a podcast yet. I'm not sure when we're going to do it. We might do it straight after. We might do it on the Monday. Uh, not the Monday, sorry, the Tuesday. Uh, we're not sure how it's going to work yet, so uh, we'll, we will see. Uh, but, yeah, thank you very, very much for watching. If you've enjoyed this video, make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you drop a comment in as well. We, we love reading the comments that you guys put in. Anything we've discussed today that you want to have your say on, drop a comment in. Uh, you can also leave a, a review, and you can actually like episodes now on Spotify, I've noticed. You can leave a review on Spotify. Um, if you go onto Spotify and type Voice of the Viking, underneath the, the blurb, it will sort of say it will have a star rating that we've got. If you click on that, you can put your star rating in. And the same with Apple Podcasts as well. If you go onto our profile on Apple Podcasts, if you scroll to the bottom, uh, there's some reviews there. If you leave one, that's absolutely amazing and it will be mostly appreciated. And... Um, you can also leave a star rating as well. So make sure you head on over to do that on those things. Um, but yeah, we'll be back either Monday evening or Tuesday evening or Tuesday day. Not sure yet. Um, and we'll be talking about that. We're going to be speaking to a Chesterfield podcast as well in the week because Chesterfield on Saturday, it's a game that we're all going to. Every member of Voices of the Vic will be there. We'll be in the bunker. Um, at half twelve, so we'll uh, if we see anyone that we recognise, we'll say hello, and uh, and and vice versa. It'd be great if you guys said hello to us. We love meeting people that watch the show. Um, I still find it mad that people do watch the show, to be honest. But uh, yeah, no, appreciate you guys watching this one, and uh, yeah, we'll be back uh, after the Plymouth game, and hopefully talking about three points. But till then, come on, you horns. Social Podcast Network. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.